This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to Tipping Point. I'm Jimmy Evans. Uh, I want to get into this teaching on seven tribulation facts, talking about what's about to happen on the earth now as believers. I just want to say, I'm going to say this later in the teaching, but we won't be here. Uh, but the tribulation will be a very, very important period of time that Old and New Testament both talk about because it is so important for us to understand what's coming on the earth so we can prepare ourselves mentally and also it promotes evangelism. When you understand what's about to happen on the earth, it really does motivate you, hopefully, to pray for and to witness to friends and family and people like that. Uh, let me just say, I am. we have an EXO conference coming up March 4th and 5th at City Center Church, Pastor Matt Perkey. Uh, we're looking forward to that. If you're living in that area and want to come to the Kansas City marriage event, we would love to have you be a part of it. It's going to be a great conference. I'll be there, other speakers as well. It's going to be a great conference. It's on Friday night and Saturday morning. Go to xlmarriage.com forward slash conferences and you can sign up for that. We would love to have you be a part of that at a wonderful church, City Center Church, Pastor Matt Perkey. I want to talk about this issue of seven tribulation facts about this period of time that's coming in the world that is absolutely horrific. Uh, and I want to show you exactly what the Bible says about it. By the way, tribulation means great suffering and distress. It means severe trial. Uh, the tribulation is unlike any period of time in human history. And here's, here's some details about the tribulation that, that we need to understand. The first truth about the tribulation is it's a seven-year period of time at the end of this age that is the worst time in human history. Now, a lot of people ask the question, how do you know that the tribulation is seven years long? Well, we know by several means, but one is Daniel. Daniel chapter 9. Daniel is one of the most important end times books in the Bible and uh, very profound. Daniel chapter 9, this is where we get the, the seven weeks of the tribulation from. This is Daniel 9, verse 24, beginning of verse 24. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for, for your holy city. This is from Gabriel speaking to Daniel. To finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. And by the way, the weeks there are weeks of years. The street shall be built again and the wall, even in troublesome times. After the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come, that's the Antichrist, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with the flood, and until the end of the war, desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant. This is the Antichrist. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many, that's Israel, for one week, that's seven years. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. So this, he says, 77, 70 weeks of years, 490 years are determined for your people 
and for your city, for the city of Jerusalem. And he gives six reasons for the 490 years. To finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. In other words, after the 490 years, those things are going to happen. And then he breaks down those 490 years in three parts. And he says there's going to be seven sevens, which is 49 years, and there's going to be 62 sevens, which is 434 years, okay? 483 years total of those two, and then one seven. The, when the Antichrist confirms a covenant with Israel, for seven years, for one week, that begins the, the last seven years. Now, 483 of those years have been literally fulfilled. On March the 14th of 445 B.C., Artaxerxes Longimanus, who is the king of, of Persia, uh, he de declared that the Jews could go back and rebuild the city. Okay, Remember, G Gabriel said, from the time that there's a decree to go back and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince. There's going to be 483 years. Okay. Well, 49 years, the first part of it was the 49 year part. That's how long it took them to go back and rebuild the city of Jerusalem. Exactly. Uh, so Artaxerxes said, you can go back and rebuild the city. It took him that long. But here's another thing. So if he said that there was going to be 483 prophetic years between the time there was a decree until the Messiah, the Prince was cut off, died, but not for himself. Did that happen? That, that's a very clear prophecy of 483 years. Now, so let, let me say it this way. That's 173,880 days from the time that he de decreed it, okay, until the end of those days. Is that true? Um, yes, it's true. When Artaxerxes made that declaration on M March the 14th, 445 BC, from that day, until April 6, 32 AD, that's when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the colt and prepared, began his death march to the cross. That is exactly 483 years from the time that Artaxerxes made the decree. It's amazing. And so 483 of those years have already been fulfilled. There's only seven of the 490 years prophetically there's only seven years that haven't been fulfilled. That's the tribulation, okay? And so that's where we get that from. Now, also, there are scriptures that we'll read here in just a minute. There are scriptures that also tell us it's a seven-year period of time. But that's a very important text of scripture related to uh, the tribulation. This is the second tribulation truth. The tribulation begins with the confirming of a covenant between the Antichrist and Israel. So this is what we just read there. After the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. This is important because the Romans, the prince who is to come is the Antichrist. And so Gabriel is saying to Daniel here, the people of the Antichrist, the Antichrist who is to come, the prince who is to come, the, his people are going to come and destroy the city and the sanctuary. That was the Romans. The Romans in A.D. 70, the Romans came and they destroyed, they killed over a million Jews destroyed the city of, of Jerusalem, the Temple Mount, all of that took many Jews captive back with them. Okay, so this is how we know that the Antichrist is going to come out of the Roman Empire. Now, here's the issue there. The Roman Empire at that time included much of the Middle East and Northern Africa. It wasn't just Europe. So the, the Antichrist could be a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, uh, you know, European. It also be a Muslim, also be an Arab, or someone from Northern Africa. But he will come out of 
the revived Roman Empire. It says, let me keep reading here. The end of it shall be with the flood until the end of the war desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to offering and sacrifice. Okay, so he is going to, there's going to be, now this is my personal opinion, what I'm about to share with you. So this, this is just my interpretation of scripture. Um, I believe that we're right now on the verge of the Gog and Magog war. I believe that we're right now on the verge of Israel bombing Iran and for there to be a major war. I believe that doesn't necessarily have to trigger a war, but I believe it, it very well could. Uh, there's so much tension already, and the Gog and Magog nations, many of them are already on the northern border of Israel. And so I believe that we're, we're looking at the Gog and Magog war, which will be a horrific war. I believe at the end of the Gog and Magog war is when, uh, or some major, major event, like the, like the, the Holocaust, after the Holocaust happened during World War II, the world had tremendous sympathy uh, for Israel. Something like the Gog and Magog War is going to bring tremendous sympathy for Israel. And I believe around that period of time, there'll be the rapture and the Antichrist is going to show up and he is going to confirm a covenant. Now, confirm means there's already a covenant in place. So some kind of agreement's already there, but he's going to come and confirm that covenant with them, they're going to th the world is going to think this is the greatest man, this is the greatest diplomat in the history of the world. Israel's going to think this guy's our best friend. Uh, it, you know, we're, he is going to give us peace, so on and so forth. And so the the purpose of the covenant may be, uh, first of all, just to promise them peace, but also for them to rebuild their temple. Now we know they're going to rebuild their temple. The temple will be present in the middle of the of the tribulation. Okay. So, but, but I've said this before and I want to say it again. It really doesn't matter because the two witnesses are going to be on the Temple Mount and they are going to be supernaturally empowered by God and they will protect the temple builders. It doesn't matter, it, but, but probably the, the covenant with the Antichrist is going to include allowing them to build uh, their temple and to worship on the Temple Mount. Some kind of a deal is going to be brokered. But we know there's going to be a rebuilt temple because here's what Paul says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So we know that there's going to be a rebuilt temple because the Antichrist sits in that rebuilt temple, declaring that he's God. Here's the third truth about the tribulation. The tribulation is divided into two three-and-a-half-year periods, the first half being characterized by the beginning of God's judgment, the rise of the Antichrist, and the ministry of the two witnesses. Let me talk about the two witnesses for just a minute because this gets very specific about the timeline of the two witnesses. There, when the covenant with the Antichrist is signed, the two witnesses begin to minister. And they minister for three and a half years, through the first three and a half years of the tribulation. Okay, this is Revelation 11, the two witnesses. I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. If anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. They have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. When they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. 
Then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put in graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and send gifts to one another, because those two prophets, these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Now after three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them. They stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Come up here. And they ascended into heaven in a cloud, and their enemies saw them. In the same hour there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed, and the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God in heaven. Now, I believe this is Enoch and Elijah, because these are two men in the Old Testament who never died, and also very much connected to the end times. And so um, Enoch and Elijah, for the first three and a half years of the tribulation, there are judgments on the earth. Some of those judgments are coming from Enoch and Elijah. That's why the world hates them so much. The, the rise of the Antichrist. The Antichrist is rising to power. He's putting together his coalition of nations. He's rising to power. And the two witnesses now aren't just ministering. They're protecting the temple builders and they're protect, protecting the sacrifices. The, when the Jews get the temple rebuilt, there will be animal sacrifices on the Temple Mount and the world will go crazy. This is one of the reasons they hate the two witnesses so much is they're protecting. And it says that the Antichrist stops the sacrifices. The first thing he does is he stops the sacrifices because the world is going crazy because of those. And he goes in and declares himself to be God. So it's a seven-year tribulation period of time. Uh, the first three and a half, rise of the Antichrist, two witnesses, judgments. Here's the fourth truth about the tribulation. The second half is what Jesus said would be the greatest time of tribulation in the history of the world. This is Matthew 24. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of, by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place. Whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For, there will be, for then there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor shall ever be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. So Jesus talks about the abomination of desolation there very clearly. And he says, when that happens. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It, you better flee. You better get out of there. Because this is going to be a time, unless those days were shortened, no flesh would have been saved. But for the elect's sake, those days are going to be shortened. And so the Antichrist is going to rule the earth with an iron fist. He is going to kill millions and millions and millions of believers. And according to Revelation 13, you have to have a mark on your right hand or your forehead, or you're not, you won't be able to buy or sell. And according, that's Revelation 13. According to Revelation 14, it's the unforgivable sin. According to Revelation 16, God pours out a curse on the Antichrist kingdom and torments everyone who's received the mark of the beast. It's going to be horrific and judgments are taking place and millions and millions of people are getting killed. Okay, here's truth number five about the tribulation. 
The tribulation is the wrath of God being poured out on a world that has rebelled against him. Okay, This is Revelation 6. The kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Okay, so th this is unbelievable. I mean, the, the, this, listen to Revelation chapter 6. It says, When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the four living creatures saying, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a pale horse. In the name of him who sat on it was death, and Hades followed with him. And power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and with the beast of the earth. Now, one, this is one judgment that kills a fourth of mankind. Here's Revelation 9:18. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. In Revelation 6, you have a fourth of mankind killed. In Revelation 9, you have another third of mankind killed. This, this is the, the plagues here. The, the tribulation is the wrath of God. Okay, there, there's no other way to say it. It's not judgment. Because when judgment comes, you can repent and the judgment will stop. It's wrath. This is the wrath of God. God is mad. And even believers are not protected during that period of time. I've heard people say before that the church is protected. Revelation 13 says the beast was given authority over the saints during the time of the tribulation. Revelation 20 tells us that there's an altar of souls of the people that had been beheaded because they wouldn't worship the Antichrist. They weren't protected. Okay, so this is going to be a time for believers and unbelievers where three-fourths of the Earth's population is killed. Uh, an asteroid hits the Earth called Wormwood that decimates the Earth. All sea life dies. It's just horrific what happens during that period of time. Here's number six, and this is very important. The church will not be present during the tribulation. The rapture of the church precedes the tribulation. Now, as the world is experiencing seven years of the wrath of the Lamb, that, that's what Revelation 6 says, the wrath of the Lamb has come and who is able to stand. That's such an interesting statement, the wrath of the Lamb. It's like the wrath of the parakeet or the wrath of the poodle. It, the wrath of the Lamb, yes, the, the reason that statement is the way it is. Jesus came as the Lamb of God who died for the sins of the world and all the world. Everyone is welcome at the cross. Every person can be saved if they'll receive Jesus. But instead of receiving Jesus, many people have not just rejected him. They've rebelled against him. They curse at him. They, his name is used as a curse word. They, they, they absolutely hate the word of God and absolutely hate Jesus. And as much as Jesus loves his church, he hates that rebellion. He's passionate. And this is a period of time when Jesus is going to come and take his church out of this world, and for seven years we're going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb while there's seven years of the wrath of the Lamb going on here. For seven years during the tribulation, you will be at a marriage supper or the wrath but based on your decision to receive Christ. If you're a believer, if you're a believer, I couldn't give you better news. You're headed toward unbelievable paradise with Jesus forever. And he will be our husband. We will be loved perfectly forever in the presence of Jesus. This is 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. They themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath 
to come. So important. Jesus doesn't deliver us through it. He delivers us from it. This is 1 Thessalonians 5. God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is 2 Thessalonians 2. And you know what is restraining? That he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The, the, it says, he who now restrains, he is capitalized. That's the Holy Spirit in the church. He who now restrains is restraining. The church is God's restraining force on the earth, but we're taken out of the way. Then the lawless one is revealed. So we're taken, we will not know who the Antichrist is. The church will not see the Antichrist. Now we may see him, we just won't know who he is. But he will be revealed when we're gone. Here's truth number seven. Jesus will return with the church at the end of the tribulation and set up his millennial kingdom. This is Revelation chapter 19. Now this is a, a very graphic text of scripture that tells us about the second coming. The rapture happens before the tribulation. Uh, the second coming is at the end. And we come with Jesus in the second coming. Okay, this is Revelation 19. I saw heaven opened. And behold, a white horse. He who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his heads were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, this is us, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Now, I want to stop right there, and I'm going to pick up at verse 16 in just a second. The age of grace has ended right here. Okay, We now live in an age of grace where if you're the worst person on earth, and you come to Jesus and you say, Lord, I repent, would you come into my heart? He will. And by grace, you'll be saved. And by grace, you'll go to heaven. You'll be a part of the bride of Christ. And you'll live in heaven forever, okay, if, if you receive Jesus Christ. Now, if you don't, you're going to experience his wrath, okay? And what this says is he comes back with the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. The fierceness and the second coming, the first coming of Jesus was when he came as a lamb. The second coming is when he comes as a king, okay? Jesus died for the sins of the world and has done nothing but offer his grace to the world for the last 2,000 years. But they've spit on him, slapped him, rejected him, put him to death. The world that we live in right now has rejected Jesus, except for believers. The age of grace ends at the second coming. Now, when the rapture happens, the tribulation is happening, there's still grace. It's just a very severe grace. You can still get saved, but it's just going to be a very severe time. After the second coming, no one gets saved. Okay. And Jesus is now ruling the nations with us with a rod of iron. We're with him, ruling and reigning with him. Let's pick up at verse 16. And he had on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying, All the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and of those who sat on them, and the flesh of the people, free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse 
and against his army. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone, and the rest were killed with the sword, which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. This is the end of this age. This is this is the end of the age, and then Jesus sets up his millennial kingdom. And by the way, this is Revelation 20. Listen to what this says. These are the people who have been beheaded for Jesus. And it says, I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death there is no power. But they shall be priests of God in Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And so this, of course, is the end, the end of this age. We go into the millennial reign of Christ at the end of the tribulation. So as believers, let me tell you what you have to look forward to. A rapture, a seven-year marriage supper of the Lamb, which is going to be the most exquisite event in the history of the universe, I believe. The millennium, uh, living and reigning with Christ on the earth, ruling and reigning on the earth for a thousand years, and eternity with Jesus in the New Jerusalem. For unbelievers, here's what you have to look forward to. The tribulation, which you probably will not survive. It'll be hor horrible. Uh, death or living through the millennium. Some Most people will die before the millennium, but some unbelievers will have to live for a thousand years under the rule of Jesus in the church, which will be absolute misery for them. We know that because at the end of the millennium, they try to kill us and Jesus, okay, when Satan is loose from the bottomless pit, and an eternity in hell. If you're a believer, don't have better news for you. It, look, You have everything to look forward to. As an unbeliever, you need to receive Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. If you're watching this right now and you don't know Jesus, the most important decision you'll make in all of eternity is to invite Jesus into your heart. All you have to do is say a simple prayer. Jesus, I repent. I've sinned against you. I open my heart and I invite you to come in to be my Lord and Savior. And he will. He'll forgive you of your sins, give you the gift of eternal life. And then you can look forward to the future and not have to dread it. The tribulation is coming. It's coming in the world. And I believe based on the signs of what's happening, it's coming very soon. And as believers, it's important that we understand these things so that we're motivated to live the life that we should lead and to share the gospel with many, as many people as we can before Jesus comes. I hope that's been a blessing to you. We're now going to go into the subscriber-only portion of the program. I'm talking about these news articles on uh, the United States supporting a two-state solution uh, with Israel. Also, this apartheid label that people, are, the Amnesty International is trying to put on Israel. I'll be talking about that. I'm also answering questions. If you're not a subscriber, uh, go to uh, endtimes.com. It's $7 a month, $77 a year. Articles, videos, uh, Mark Hitchcock, myself, Greg Laurie, other contributors that come out through the week. Plus, you get the full Tipping Point show. $7 a month, $77 a year. We would love to have you now to be a subscriber. If you're a subscriber, now you have to go to endtimes.com or respond to the email we sent you to see the rest of this. But stay tuned. I'm going to be right back.